If you were to consider the, the main themes that Jesus hits upon repeatedly, um, you know, we certainly are very familiar with his criticism of the Pharisee scribes and chief priests because of their rigorism um, regarding religion and their lack of mercy, right? Which, which, of course, leads to his insistence on mercy. One of the other uh, main features of the Lord's teaching is what we hear today, uh, his concern about how material things can affect us, um, how people can become uh, too wrapped up in things of the world such that those things rule them and then they lose sight on what really matters. Um, so we have this really interesting uh, parable, right? You have a, a master who has a chief steward and um, the chief steward is dishonest and so he's gonna get fired and right away, what does he do? He, he well, of course, self-interest. What do I do? I'm gonna lose my job I need to have a safety net. Well, my safety net is gonna be forgiving some of, the, some of the debts of these people who owe my master. And if I forgive their debts, even though I'm still cheating my master, well, he figures he's caught on that anyway, so he might as well cheat him some more. But in doing so, you know, he's kind of feathering his nest relationally. If he's forgiven some of these debts, to, to the debtors, maybe they're going to help him out when he needs a new job or, heck, when he just needs a home. And he's commended by the master for being prudent, dealing with what Jesus calls this dishonest wealth. So let's confront then what Jesus is getting at. There's dishonest wealth, and then, of course, there's true wealth. Dishonest wealth is all of the wealth that we would have in this life, you know, financially and, and stuff and et cetera. That's dishonest wealth. The reason it's dishonest, of course, is because it, it lies to us about what it truly provides. It lies to us that it in some way can give us security, right? Can give us sort of this true sense of security and even freedom. And what can happen, as Jesus says, is that if you are the, not the master of it, dishonest wealth, it will become the master of you. And so the problem is not wealth. And you're thinking, well, you know, is this a criticism of wealth in general? It's not, right? Wealth, money, possessions are non-moral. They, they don't have a moral quality. They're, they're neither intrinsically evil um, nor intrinsically good, although they have some good, but they're not you know, purely good. They're non-moral. The question is how we deal with them, and that's what Jesus is getting at. So true wealth are those things that reside in heaven, right? Store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, right? And that has to do with the kind of person we're becoming largely. Right? The virtue that we're incorporating, the, our ability to love, our, our, uh, the, the greatness of our faith and our hope, etc. These are treasures that are eternal. Dishonest wealth is not eternal. Right? We all know that. You can't take it with you, that kind of thing. Um, and so one of the problems that Jesus sees is people will live as though the dishonest wealth is the true wealth. And then a person gets off track. 
because they're putting way too much confidence in something which can't really give back, you know, what it, what it might promise or what we might think it promises. You know, ultimately, if you think about it, you know, when we go to God, it's just us and God. There's nothing with us, no individual with us, none of our property, none of our wealth, the 401k, you maybe, you know, spend your entire career building up and you retire and then the next day you die, didn't matter. Well, it mattered, you know, it matters to save for retirement, although right now it's not going so well. Um, but, uh, but those things matter, like we should be prudent. And that's what Jesus is saying, like be prudent dealing with wealth, dealing with stuff. You know, you should be, um, uh, you should be a good steward of what you have. It's okay to work hard and to, and to make money. That's okay. The question is whether that dishonest wealth is your master or if God is your master. That's what he's getting at, right? And people, of course, can get off track. This is one of the reasons why greed is, is one of the seven deadly sins. But even, a pers- even if a person isn't like full-on into greed... Um, there still can be this sense of confidence placed in the stuff that isn't worth the confidence because it can't give back what we're really looking for. It can give something, but it can't give enough. So here's the thing. Jesus wants us to be master of the stuff. He doesn't want it to master us. So how do we have mastery, just like all of the virtues, How do we gain mastery over material goods? One of the ways, and the the principal way scripturally, of course, is, uh, you know, scriptures talk about tithing, uh, the idea of giving some of it away. If you don't need to keep it all, if you can give some of it away, it means that, you know, you have the ability to let go of it. And that dynamic itself shows a certain mastery. If we need it, um, I've known people who they, they hold on to their wealth and it's not even like they're spending it on anything. They just sit on their wealth, a big pile of money. Do you spend any of it? No, they don't even enjoy it. They just get, and this is where we're talking about greed. They just get this sort of some kind of satisfaction about just having it. It doesn't even serve them beyond that, you know, there's some sort of sense of security there, right? But the... And we can look at this with any, actually, if we look at this with uh, many of the different things in life, if we don't need to have it, we can have it, but if we don't need to have it, right, if there's a certain amount of freedom over it, then we have mastery over it. So hence the, the idea of tithing, right, of giving some of it away. And there's many different places you can give it away, right? There's all kinds of organizations and you can donate and et cetera. And of course, you know, Look, I have some self-interest here too, right? I mean, it's good for you to support your church. Um, you know, it, obviously. I mean, we know that, not just merely to pay the bills, but, but we do just great ministry. We have some amazing things going on. And, you know, I find that people like to, to support things that, that are feeding them also. So there's that, right? I mean, there's the church, but there's also St. Vincent de Paul. There's all kinds of religious and secular organizations that you know, are wonderful places for you to, to help out. And one of the things that I would say about that, that I've seen to be helpful for people, um, to be able to have a sense of dispossession or mastery means to give something that 
you'll kind of miss a little bit, right? So it's one thing to say, okay, it's time for the collection. What, what's in my purse? You know, well, we just stopped at Starbucks. How much was the, the grande latte? It was, you know, I don't know, $18 now. You know, well, what do we got left? Five. Well, we'll give the church five. I hope you enjoyed that latte. Um, but, you know, I mean, so that's fine. I mean, if you're doing that, it's fine. I, <laughs> I don't mean to be harsh on you, but a certain amount of intentionality is really helpful in this regard. Okay, set something aside to give away. And what is that? I don't know. That's between you and God. I'm not going to tell you what to give. I want that to be a discussion between you, if you have a spouse, and with the Lord. That's between you and the Lord. But clearly it matters to him. And that's the thing we have to take seriously. It matters to Jesus. Okay, if it matters to Jesus, then it has to matter to me. And how can I see the good and act with the good here? So that's the first thing is there, to, to be able to have mastery over the stuff means we have the internal freedom to give some of it away, okay? Or not use it all, something like that. Then the second thing I think uh, to keep us focused properly is to always remember where we're going, right? Always remember where we're headed. We are not finite beings, right? The Lord is calling us into eternity. And so while it's good to enjoy good things here, especially things that wealth can provide, right? And in a sense, really everybody in America is, you know, relatively pretty, pretty wealthy compared to, you know, some other countries, but um, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with enjoying good things. Absolutely not. We're Catholics. That's part of our tradition, enjoying good things, right? But always to remember that the good things we enjoy orient us toward our fullest good, all right? So when we enjoy, last night we had this fantastic evening of music and food and, and community and all of that is so good. And what we have right now and what we're gonna have after mass is so good. Experiencing that goodness is good, but always remembering that that draw to the goodness is a draw to the infinite goodness. It leads us somewhere. Anytime we're attracted to the good, we're ultimately attracted to God. And so to have it in our minds that, you know, what we're experiencing here on earth, enjoy it. Absolutely. Let's not be miserable Catholics. There's enough of those in the world. Let's be joyful Catholics. Enjoy what the Lord has given. But remember where we're going, that we're ultimate, our ultimate joy. This is not a replacement for the ultimate joy. It's something that assists us to remember the ultimate joy. Please stand.